0: Well, praise the Lord, saints of God, praise ye the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part number four of the series entitled Walking by Faith. Oh, we had a great time today, and I pray that you will too. Well, before we get into God's rich word, I want to remind you to visit our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hear this message as well as the entire series. And I just want to take this moment again to thank all of you for your faithful support of Kingdom Rock Radio. Your financial gifts and prayers continue to help us and encourage us to preach this gospel worldwide. So I want to thank you once again from the bottom of my heart. Some of you have given $5, $10, $20, $100. Whatever you have given toward this gospel is very much appreciated. And as we say here at Kingdom Rock, when you give, people live. And I thank you so much for your financial gifts. It helps us to spread the gospel all around the world. Thank you so very much. And for those of you that have not had the opportunity to give, just go to the website, www.kingdomrock.org, and you can click the donate button and give online. Or you can write us at P.O. Box 1285 Bremen, Georgia 30110. That's P.O. Box 1285 Bremen, Georgia 30110. We will be so glad for the encouragement and for the financial blessings. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled Walking by Faith, part number four, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. Well, praise God. We want to welcome again all of you that are here today, all of our online community. We welcome you in the mighty name of Jesus. We welcome you. I pray that you're ready to live today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember, you're going to grab your Bibles, your pens, your pads, and you're going to get ready to write, ready to uh, escribo, I believe, write, ready to write, hallelujah, that's, that's uh, espanol, I'm trying to uh, learn uh, Spanish, praise, huh, escrabo, thank you, thank you, very, thank you very much, it's in the same family, praise the Lord, <clears throat> I better stick to English, right, all right. So remember, it's time to live. That is, it's time for us to listen. Uh, it's time to what? Interpret. That is, we're going to listen to understand. Uh, it's time to find things of value. And it's time also to what? Go forth and experience. When you go out those doors, you want to experience. And even in this room today, as you're receiving the word of God, you want to experience what God is saying. Amen. I can't tell you the value of that, the great value of that. You're going to listen, no matter where where you hear, whether you're watching something on television, you, or or whether you're at some type of conference, no matter where you are, when the word of God is being preached, you want to listen, listen, I want to hear what's being said. You want to interpret what are they saying? You want to find things of value. Okay, Lord. Yeah. You're speaking to me. That's for me. And you want to write that down. And you want to go forth, you want to listen, Uh, you want to interpret, you want to find things of value with the intent of doing what's being said. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go into a part four today uh, in the series entitled Walking by Faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Walking by Faith. Are you getting anything out of this series? Hallelujah. Walking by Faith. Faith is so valuable. All right, we're going to go ahead and have a word of prayer before we get started. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day, for this time that you have given us to gather around your your rich word. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit be the teacher. And Lord, we know that you are the teacher. You are the counselor. Lord, you're the one who leads us into all truth and shows us things to come. Lord, we admit and confess our dependency upon you. And we ask that you would teach us today and feed us speak with words of knowledge, words of wisdom, speak in prophetic utterances, prophetic tones. Lord, do whatever you have to do to cause us to arise, to awaken, and become the people that you've called us to be. We love you today, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, last week we started with the scripture in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And it simply says this, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We said that the, that the word walk there denotes or connotes um, a manner of life or a course of life. You're going to simply live by faith, live by faith. That's what God is calling us to do. The Bible also declares, and um, the Bible also declares, I believe there in the book of Mark, the Lord Jesus, Mark 11 chapter, the Lord tells Peter, have faith in God, have faith in God, not have faith in faith, but have faith in God. It's so crucial that you learn who is sending the power, who who is sending the blessing, have faith in God, not have faith in the job, not have faith that you'll get the money, have faith in money, have faith in people, but have faith in God. That's so vitally important that you understand that. Not have faith in the doctors, all these, all these people are good and all that, but have faith in God. He is the supreme source of all things. So we're going to go ahead and read Hebrews 11, uh, verses 1 through 6. Last week we read Hebrews uh, 1 through 13. Today we'll just be reading uh, verses uh, 1 through 6, and we're going to do just a tiny bit of recapping, then we're going to uh, go further today. Before we get to Hebrews 11, remember, I want to call to your remembrance also the purpose of faith, the purpose of faith, the purpose of faith. Uh, remember, the major purpose of faith is for you to develop an intimate walk and relationship with God. Remember Mark 11, uh, I believe two twenty. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, uh, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Well, the first thing that we should desire is an intimate walk with God. Is to become one with Him. The first thing we should desire is that we would please Him and that we would fulfill our purpose in life. Remember, the Bible declares, "What would it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose your own soul?" Everything else, to developing, uh, rather, let me say it this way: every other desire. Um, Every, every other desire in comparison to you uh, developing a closer walk with God, everything else is secondary. You're getting a new house, a new car, money, job, whatever. All that is secondary. And really, all of that is even healing for your body. All of that is meaningless. It is meaningless unless you develop an intimate walk with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It's all meaningless. You get money today, it's gone today. You're praying for a relationship, oh, you get the relationship, but there'll be some days that you wish you didn't have the relationship (laughs) if it didn't come from God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So all things, everything else is meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind if we don't have an intimate relationship with God. That's your main focus of faith. Hallelujah. I must become one with him. I must become one with him. I must die to self that his desires may be fulfilled in my life. I must become one with him. I must become intimate with him. I must know him, as Paul said. I must know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. I must know him. Through faith you can encounter Jesus. Through faith, you can even visit heaven and heavenly places. Through faith, through faith, you can become a heavenly place. Remember we said there in in, uh, Matthew, the sixth chapter, the Lord said, thy kingdom come. Well, it starts off, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, right? We say that we are the earth that the Bible is speaking about, not just the planet. When the will of God is done in us, when the kingdom of God has come in us, it will come upon the planet. We are what the Lord Jesus is speaking about first and foremost there. Thy kingdom come. Come where? Come into me. Your will be done. Come where? Come into me. I'm calling by faith. I'm calling his His kingdom into me. His kingdom reality into me. His order. The functions of the kingdom. I'm calling the lordship, his lordship and dominion. I'm calling them into me. Your kingdom come in me. If it's no other place on the street, in the city, in this um, state, in this country. If there's no other place, his kingdom should be seen. It should be seen in you. hallelujah Hallelujah. demonstrate your kingdom in me let me be the demonstration of the kingdom of God thy kingdom come in me your will be done in me we're calling for this in prayer we're calling for this in prayer this is here again we're using our faith to do this Using our faith to do this. We're calling for his kingdom to come and to become a reality in us. We're calling for his will to become, uh, be a reality in us. And as his kingdom has come and as his will is done on earth, in earth, as it is in heaven, when his kingdom has come, his will is done in you, you become a heavenly place. You become a heavenly place and you will then have the ability through Christ Jesus to show heaven or to reveal heaven to all those that are around you. I was just at, a, uh, at that um, Ingalls yesterday, uh, and uh, there was a young man sitting outside there um, as I was walking in the store. And so I greeted, Hey, good to see you. So, how are you doing? You know, I said, Hello, how are you doing? You know, as I'm walking in the store and I heard back, well, uh, I'm doing I'm doing OK. Well, at least I'm, uh, I'm above I'm six feet above ground or something like that. He said, at least I'm, at least I'm above ground. I thought, Oh, let's go back and talk. Oh, let's talk. What's going on? What's going on? So we talked for a moment. A young man told me some things that happened in his life recently. And I said, well, would you like to pray? Yes, please. Yes, please. And so what happened? I extended heaven. I extended the kingdom of God, the covering of the kingdom of God over his life. And right there, I love, I love it right there in the front of Ingalls. We held hands right there and we bowed our heads in honor and reverence and in honor and in reverence to the King of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There are people all around you that I'm telling you, unless they have the covering of God, unless Jesus Christ is their Lord, they are open season for the enemy. They have no covering. They have no protection. None whatsoever. The only protection is found in Christ Jesus. The only protection is found in his precious blood. There's only one whole armor of God and that comes through Christ Jesus. There's only one armor of light and that comes through Christ Jesus. There's only one. And so the Lord said, I'll invest with you the revelation, the understanding of the kingdom of God, of the will of God. I'll make you a heavenly place so that you may go forth to those and pray for those and minister to those that are outside of my covering, that they may come back to me. Does that make sense? All of us should be having encounters. All of us should be having encounters with someone. would i would ask the question today but i'm not going to so you don't have to raise your hand i would ask the question when was the last time that you encountered someone else and prayed for them when was the last time you also uh covered them with the kingdom of god with the will of god when was the last time you extended your prayer covering so think about that don't want you to respond just think about that when was the last time if we can't remember Then we need to right now ask God, Lord, send somebody in my path. But we say, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Well, then say, Lord, send someone in my path and give me what to say to him when they come. He'll do it. He'll do it. There are so many hurting people out there. He will do it. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Let me get off my soapbox for a second. Praise the Lord. We're going to walk by faith and not by, and not by sight. Turn to the name, and tell them it's time for you to extend. It's time. It's time. It's time. All right. So let's go ahead and read uh, Hebrews 11 verses one through six. We're going to read that, uh, out of the King James version. Then we're going to go further. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Sound familiar from last week? For by it, the elders obtained a, what kind of report? A good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and by it he being dead yet speaketh by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death he cheated death isn't that something by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found why because God had translated him why For before his translation, he had this testimony. What was his testimony? That he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That is such a powerful statement. As you come to God... And as you exercise your faith in God, understand your coming to God is never in vain. It is never in vain. God says, when you come to me, I will reward you. He said, when you come to him, I will reward you. He is going to reward you. When you come to the father by faith, you're going to be rewarded. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. We're going to go back up now and uh, we're going to revisit verses one, two, and three. And we're going to spring forth uh, from here. It is so important. Now, here again, what is the relevance of learning by faith of faith? What is the what is the relevance? What is the importance? Why are we doing it that we become one with him? First and foremost, that we become one with Him, one with one of one with Him in thought, in purpose, and intent. When they see you, they see Jesus. Remember the remember what the Lord Jesus said. Remember uh, Philip talked to the Lord and said, "Lord, show us the Father, and you know we'll be satisfied." Jesus said to him, "Philip, has you been so long with me, and you haven't seen the Father?" He said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We are one." By the same token, when When the world looks at the body of Christ, the born again believer, those that are blood washed, they should see Jesus. They look at us, they see Jesus. They see Jesus, they see God. You see the progression, the alignment, the alignment. So that's what we desire. We desire to be like him. Hallelujah. We desire to be like him. Amen. And the closer you get in relationship with him, the further the devil goes back. The Bible declares in the book of James, fourth chapter, he said, submit yourselves, therefore, to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. One of we got so many, some people have so many, so much problem with devils and demons and this and that in their heart and their lives. I would tell them, first of all, submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God. Become one with him. Yield yourself to him in, re- in right relationship and fellowship and you won't have a problem with these things. Lord, as a matter of fact, God gives you power over them as you submit yourself to Him. Amen? Your answer is right there in your lap. It's in your Bible. Your answer is there. Your answer is there. You have to just apply yourself to it. Amen? All right, so going, going back up to verse number one, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, uh, the evidence of things not seen. Um, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things that do appear. So we're going to go back up to verse number one and just do a little bit of recapping. We understand the the meaning of faith here in the Greek means conviction of truth, conviction of the truth of anything. A conviction is something certain, a strong belief, the state of being convinced. I love that. So faith, really we can say is a state of being convinced. I am convinced. I am convinced that what God said is true. Uh, The Bible says that even Abraham was fully persuaded. In other words, you can't change my mind. I am convinced that the word of God is true. Well, how do you get to that convincing point? We're going to talk about that further on. Should the Lord be willing? The Bible declares that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you hear the word of God, even spoken out of your own mouth, the more it changes your heart and the more it convinces you of that truth. The more you hear it, the more convincing happens. The more you hear it, the more conviction happens. The more you hear the word of God, the more it changes you. It alters you. It transforms you. And you begin to believe more it than you do the circumstances that are around you. That makes sense? So you have to grow in faith, you grow in faith, you grow in faith as you declare the word of God, find out what God said about the situation and you begin to speak that out out of your own mouth. And as you do that, uh, faith comes or conviction comes or, uh, or the state of being fully convinced comes, amen? So we also talked about substance, faith is the substance of things hoped for. We drew a little picture last week, that wonderful little drawing that I had on the board. Uh, We drew a picture of substance and substance simply meaning uh, a substructure or a foundation, a substructure or a foundation. We uh, gave you, I wrote out the word substance like this. Substance. Right. Right. Substance standing under something under right foundation substance faith is the substance substance of things hoped for now we talked about the uh, about the word hope hope meaning uh, to want something uh, to happen or to be true hope is a goal it's something that we are striving for that we want or something that we desire. Uh, Your hoped, the hoped for thing is the object of your faith. Again, the Bible says that faith is the substance or the foundation of things hoped for. You need a hoped for thing. When you go before God, you have to have something that you want, something that you're believing him for, something that you need, something that you desire. You're going before God with a desire. What do you desire you have to have desire in your hand. You have to have a hope for thing when you go before the father. Does that make sense to you? So he said whatsoever rather end uh, I'm sorry. In uh, Hebrews 11 verse one again, it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let me write down again, hoped or let's do it like this. How about that? Let's go ahead and erase this. All right. We said that faith, faith equals, faith equals to, all right, now here is that foundation, right? There's your there's your substance. Okay, substance of things hoped for. Let's say the hoped for thing is the is the house that's on the foundation, okay? Yes, it is funny, isn't it? Right, there's the house. All right, praise the Lord. There's the house. Faith is the substance. Actually, we could do this way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. This is the hoped for thing. Hoped. Hoped for. All right. Makes sense, sense? Praise the Lord. Faith is the foundation of what you're hoping for. Now, I don't I don't know what you are hoping for. What are you hoping for? What are you desiring? What do you want to come to pass? As we said before, the first thing foremost, first and foremost, is to have a closer walk with him, an intimate relationship and fellowship with him to be one with him. Everything else is secondary because if you don't get that, nothing else will matter. And if you have, once you have a closer walk with the Lord, an intimate relationship with Him, everything else flows. You'll be a good husband, you'll be a good wife, you'll be a good daughter, you'll be a good son, you'll be a good student, you'll be a good worker, whatever it is, because it flows from that. Everything else flows from your relationship with Him. If you've heard nothing else, understand that. Everything else in life flows from your relationship with Him. Remember, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Fruit grows on the branches fruit grows on the branches so the more in relationship you are with the vine okay let's go ahead and draw that praise the Lord let's go ahead and draw that all right praise the Lord and here's fruit that's growing off of the branches okay here's the vine here are the branches okay All right. The more the more connected we are to the vine. The more you receive fruit because the vine produces the water or the water and the substance that you need to grow the fruit. If you cut off the limb, the branch will fall. It will appear to be alive for a little while, but give it a little bit longer. You see it beginning to brown and to dry and to die. When you're connected to Jesus, Jesus is the source. He is the source. So the better your connection to the source, the more fruit you will grow, the more fruit you will produce. Does that make sense? So, again, uh, it says faith is the substance of, of things hoped for. I'm not sure what you're hoping for, but your first hope for thing should be to have a right connection with him right fellowship with him. That's your first hoped for thing. When you get up in the morning to pray or the, or the evening to pray, ask the Lord, Lord, I'm asking you now for a deeper walk with you for a deeper connection with you. And and you can say as well, I receive your will in my life. I receive your kingdom in my life. Make me a heavenly place. Make me productive in the kingdom of God. I want to please you lead me in ways to please you. That's your first assignment everything else under that is secondary. Lord, I need the bill, money, and Lord, I need the rent, so forth and so on. You can ask about all the stuff. All that stuff will flow out of a right relationship. Are you hearing? As a matter of fact, the closer you get with him, the less you'll have to ask for those things because it all naturally flows. Because God already knows what you have need of before you ask him. And you'll find, actually, if if you're walking in close relationship with him, you still have to ask that's because he wants to bring you closer to him. So he delays it coming so that you draw closer to him. And as you draw closer to him him in intercession, you'll find that your relationship with him grows and he releases the thing that you've been asking for. Does that make sense to you? All right, so we have to have a hope for thing. So we talk about the hope for thing, uh, and the hope for thing must be in alignment with the word of God, uh, alignment with the will of God and the word of God for your life. We talked about in First uh, John, the fifth chapter, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and it says this is the confidence, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, and if we know that he heareth us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have, or rather that we desire of him. We ask in accordance to his will, our hopes, our desires are according to his will. Psalm 37 says, I love this way too. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Psalm 37 verses three and five, uh, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Verse five, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. All of that comes from that relationship, comes from your relationship. He's giving you the desires because understand the closer we are in fellowship with God, the more we'll recognize and yield to his desires within our hearts. The closer you walk in fellowship with him, the more you recognize and yield to the desires that he has placed in your heart. You notice um, you notice that he will give you desires. God will give you desires and or we can say a hoped for thing that he wants to fulfill in the earth. God will give you a desire. He will give you a desire as you're in fellowship with him. And as a matter of fact, we can look in uh, Philippians, the second chapter, verse number 13 It says Philippians 2nd chapter verse 13 says, for God is working in you. Say with me, God is working in me. God is working in you. you. It says God is working in you, uh, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Okay. That is true fact. That is a reality that is happening. He's giving you desires He's giving you desire and the power to do what pleases him. All you have to do is open up. All you have to do is open up and receive it. So also in your prayer time, you can say, Lord, I receive the desires that you're giving to me. I receive the power that you're giving me to fulfill those desires. I receive what's in your heart. That makes sense to you. Uh, Hebrews 13 verse 23, 21 says this. Now may the now may, um, the God of peace. This is our new living translation. Now, may the God of peace who brought up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, uh, the great shepherd of the sheep, um, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. Isn't that something? I love the word of God. May he equip you. So you have to pray that Lord equip me for doing all uh, that I need for doing your will. May he produce in you, Through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him, to glory, or rather all glory, to him forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? So it's built into the word of God. So again, I say the more we walk with God, the more we'll discover what he wants is actually what we want. And what we want is actually what he wants. If you've ever been in a relationship with someone over a period of time, I mean over years, over years of time, someone, there's a couple in our church here that will be celebrating next year their 50th anniversary. Wow, who is that? And being married that long, I bet you as they're together that long, they have similar wants and desires. Similar wants and desires. The, the closer you walk with God, the longer you walk with Him, the more you give yourself to Him, the more you develop similar desires, similar or same desires. And it is these desires that you'll understand that God will be fulfilling in your life. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. As a matter of fact, the more we walk with God, the more we'll discover uh, that we are co laborers with God, that we are laboring with Him. Let's look at that. Let's look at 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. 1 Corinthians, third chapter, verses eight uh, through nine. Again, let's pause for a moment. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? I'm talking about God's will being established in the earth through you. God's will being established in the earth through you and you becoming a heavenly place. This happens by and with and through faith. Are you hearing? Are you hearing? We're not talking about faith so that we can get yet more money, yet more house, or there's nothing wrong with healing and deliverance, nothing wrong with all those things. But again, all of that is secondary. Your first and your primary purpose is to know him. Everything else flows from that. Remember sin, sin occurs for two reasons. And I'm gonna give you these two reasons. Sin occurs for two reasons. One sin is a proximity problem. That is how how close you are to God or how far away you are from God. The closer you are to God, the less you will sin. Just like when the teacher is in the classroom, the authority is right there, chances are the students are not going to throw a lot of spitballs and all this stuff while the teacher's in the room. Or while while mom and dad is standing there, chances are you're not going to be acting up and acting crazy while mom and dad is there. But when the teacher leaves the room, when the teacher leaves the room, parents leave the room, oh... Then sin breaks out. So the closer you are in relationship with God, the less you'll sin. Are you hearing sin is sin. Number one, sin is a proximity problem. I keep sinning because I'm not close to God as I should be The closer. I get to him, the less I'll desire to do that. Secondly, sin is also a maturity problem maturity problem the mature you become in him the more more of his presence you receive into your life the more you become like him the less you will sin the bible declares as we were children we thought like a child we spake like a child but when we became a man or became older or became more mature we put away those childish things I gave examples before about me and my G.I. Joe brother Jimmy me and G.I. Joe went everywhere together when I was younger, you know, like 10 or no, maybe not 10, maybe 7, 6, 5, something like that. Me and G.I. Joe went everywhere together. Hallelujah, man. G.I. Joe, praise the Lord. G.I. Joe, the greatest American hero. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe, da, da, dun, 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 dun. I watched the cartoons, had the figurines, had it all. Jimmy, Brother Richard? I said I had it all. I had all the G.I. Joe paraphernalia. It was me and G.I. Joe. We go into the woods together, praise the Lord. I hang them on a tree. We, just, we, we, we conquer some cobra and we get some bad guys, praise the Lord. Oh, and don't let me put a gun in my G.I. Joe's hand with his Kung Fu grip. I mean, he could beat you with his gun or with his grip or with his knife. Me and G.I. Joe went into the enemy's camp and we knocked down a whole lot of stuff. It was me and Joe. And I was going to grow up to get an army to be just like him, too. But I was a child. And the more I grew and matured, the less I played with Joe. You hearing? Oh, sorry, G.I. Joe. You understand? sin is a maturity problem. The more you mature, the more you lose interest. You lose interest in the things of the world. Not saying G.I. Joe is things of the world, but just giving you an example of maturity. The more you, you just lose interest, you just don't want to, you say, I just don't want to do that anymore. That's just below me. It's beneath me. I just don't want to do it. So sin, number one, is a proximity problem. You're not close enough to God. Secondly, it's a maturity problem. We're still sinning because we're not yet fully matured him. So every time sin occurs in your life, I want you to want you see it as that, Lord, as an opportunity for you to pray. Lord, bring me closer to you. Lord, let me have more of your word that I may be more mature, that I may grow. You understand? So don't let sin, if if you're a born again believer, don't let sin condemn you. But let it be an opportunity for you to seek God and let it be a sign. I'm not as close to you as I should be. I'm not as close to you as I should be. Or I'm not as mature as I should be. Lord, take me up higher. Make sense? Amen. All right. So 1 Corinthians 3rd chapter, verses number 8, and 9 says, uh, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive uh, his own reward according to his labor. Verse number 9, for we are labors together with who? We're labors together with who? We're labors together with who? God. We're we are laborers together with God. Turn to your name and tell him you are laboring with God. You are laboring. And, God laboring with you. and God is laboring with you. Are you hearing me? We are laborers with God. Ye are God's husbandry. You are God's building. The word husbandry means here a cultivated field. A cultivated field. Uh, a field is where God will plant seeds that is he'll plant ideas, notions, plans, words into your heart. You are God's field. Say with me, I am God's field. field. You see, he's planting things in you. If you let him, he's planting things in you. The Bible says he, that we are his husband, that we are his husbandry or his cultivated field, and that we are also God's building. In other words, we are God's storehouse. We're his treasure house. Uh, we're the place where God's, uh, he puts the harvest, he, lives, he brings the harvest into us. We are his earthly treasure house. Say with me, I am his earthly treasure house. Earthly treasure. He will store his treasures in you, store his harvest in you. Why? Why, would he, why wouldn't he store it up in, in heaven? Why would he do that? Well, if someone needs some joy, it's a lot closer to get it from you. Hallelujah. He'll store up his treasures in you. Yes, he has riches and glory. Yes, he does. Hallelujah. But he also has glory or rather riches in you. You are God's house. You are God's treasure place. You are God's treasure, uh, treasured place or or his building. You are his bank. That makes sense. So you have to allow things to be stored up in you so that the Lord may make withdrawals when he has need of it. Like I told you about the young man that went to uh, there at Ingalls, what God wanted to make a withdrawal into someone else's life. Remember, as a general rule hear this as a general rule, you cannot give away what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. So you must have it so that you can give it. Remember what Peter and John said as they went up to the temple to pray. They saw that old crippled man begging at the gates. They said, well, we don't have no money, but we can help you anyway. Right. what did they do? They said, arise in Jesus name. What did they give him? They gave him what was in them. They said, but such as we have, we give unto you. Such as we have, we give unto you. You should be places of glory, places of peace, places of love, places of rest, places of joy. All of that, all of that in us. Amen. 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 All right. So let's look at the proper attitude. And we talked about this in, in John 17. And y'all see with me today. Praise the Lord. You doing good? John 17, verses 20 through 23 says this. This is the Lord's prayer. Now, this is also the the mindset, really the proper mindset of faith. This is the proper mindset of faith in John 17, 23, 23, uh, 20 through 23, as we begin to close just shortly. The Lord Jesus praying here. He says, neither pray I for these alone, But for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. That's us. Verse 21, that they all may be one as thou father art in me. The father God is in Christ and I in Thee. Christ Jesus is in God that they may rather that they also may be one in us. Wow. Look at that oneness. God in Christ, Christ in God, and we are in them. Praise the Lord. That's a oneness, isn't it? It says uh, that the world wisest that the world may believe that Thou hast sent me. Hallelujah. That's the whole purpose of this thing. Amen. Our verse twenty-two says, "And the glory which Thou givest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one." Verse twenty-three. I in them, I say, Jesus, Jesus is in me. You're speaking truth. You're speaking truth. He said, I in them say, Jesus, Jesus is in me. You're speaking truth. I say, you're speaking truth. He said, I in them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one. Why? That the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Oh, well, that's a lot of love. Now, let me bring you some concluding things here today, because I, I really do need you to see this. As we're in oneness and in right relationship with God, here is the plan of God. Here's the plan of God for you. Here's the plan of God for me. Here's the plan of God for mankind. And he illustrates this through his word. In essence, what God wants to produce in us, what you and I, he wants to produce a heart like that of Mary. A heart of that like Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Let me show you what I'm talking about in Luke, the first chapter. We're going to read uh, Luke first chapter verses 34 through 38, Luke 1. Uh, the King James Version verses um, Luke 1, verses 34 through 38. Let me read this to you. This is when the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and tell her, hey, you're going to have a son. And um, he's going to be the savior of the world. Verse 34 picks up the conversation. This is out the King James Version. Uh, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, for with God, nothing, say nothing, nothing. say nothing. nothing. For with God, what? Nothing. nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaiden of the, of the Lord, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now, listen, there are about seven things that um, that Mary does here that God wants to illustrate also in our lives. Seven things. Hear this. This is what uh, this is what someone that is willing would do. Number one. She Mary heard the word of God. She gave the ear to the word of God. Secondly, she sought to understand what was said. Like you today, you're hearing the word of God. Secondly, she sought to understand what was said. How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. She sought to understand what was said. Thirdly, she received it. Be it unto me. She received it. Once she understood it, she um, said, be it unto me. uh, Fourth, she uh, let that word produce or grow within her no matter what the cost. Now, this is a big one. Because in that culture, that day, if you were uh, a woman that was Pregnant and unwed, you were destined to be stoned and die. She was putting herself really in harm's way to be ostracized, to be criticized, to be judged by all those around her. By receiving this word, she was putting herself in harm's way. Joseph was minded to put her away privately and not to have her publicly stoned and humiliated because she was pregnant and he knew it wasn't his. So Joseph was saying, okay, Mary, I love you. I care about you. I don't want you to be a public example. We're just going to have a private ceremony. Uh, we know we're engaged. It's like we're married, but we're engaged. And we know we haven't done anything because we haven't been married yet. So um, I'm going to put you away privately. Have a, they're gonna, they were supposed to have a private divorce ceremony because back in Bible times, being engaged was just like being married before uh, that is uh, under a contract. You we were a spouse. We were contracted one with another. And it was just like we were married before the actual ceremony before they came together. But before they came together, before the marriage, the official marriage of the ceremony, uh, rather before the official marriage, where the uh, wedding or rather mm, where the marriage would be consummated before the consummation, before Mary and Joseph came together, Mary was found with child. Joseph understood that and knew that. And at that point, he had Mary's life basically in his hands. He could have her publicly stoned for what she had done, though. Well, because he loved her, he said, "Well, we're going to have a private ceremony of divorce. I'm going to put you away privately, and you and the baby just go ahead. I don't know who the daddy is. You said it's God, but I don't know who the daddy is. So I'm going to put you away privately." Surely Mary told him, "Well, this is this is up the Holy Ghost, okay?" And Joseph decided, "I'm going to put you away privately. I don't believe that, okay? It's you and somebody else." But while Joseph slept, an angel came to him and said, this is truly of God. So at that point, even Joseph had to take this uh, unwed mother under his wing and he had to adopt the child. He, too, would come under criticism. So he received Mary, received the word, even though it cost her, even though it cost her, it cost her dearly. It cost her because it costs and people looking at her and pointing at her or they say, Oh, Joseph, terrible. You couldn't even wait till you got married. Oh, what a shame, shame, shame. Oh, what a shame, 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 criticism and bad looks and glares and all that stuff because they received the word from God. So the word cost her. Will you allow God's word to grow in you and to produce in you no matter what the cost? Are you hearing? Fifth thing, uh, will you be faithful, uh, faithful to it until it is born? Until that vision that God has placed in you, until it sees reality or fulfillment. And then will you steward it or will you care for it, care for it. And last, will you allow it to change you and then change the world around you? God wants to produce hearts like that of Mary that will receive his word. Now, I want to bring this to you as we close. The word Mary means their rebellion. Say with me, their rebellion. their rebellion. The word Mary again means their. Let me write this on the board for you. It means their, T H E I R, rebel, oh, bell, All right, their rebellion. Now, in an effort, uh, now, rebellion, I want you to see something. So, Mary's name means their rebellion, their rebellion. Not T H E R E, meaning the rebellion is over somewhere else, their meaning that it belongs to more than one person. Are you hearing me? Their rebellion. Now, the word rebellion means an effort by many people to change the government or leader of a country by the use of protest or violence. Rebellion also means open opposition towards a person or group in authority. Rebellion also means refusal to obey rules or accept normal standards of behavior. Rebellion. Now, this is a very, uh, if you would hear this, this word, this is one reason why we have 4th of July. Because of the rebellion. The colonies rebelled and said, we no longer want to be under your rule. We no longer want to be under the, um, under England's rule. So we're rebelling. There is an established authority over us, and we say no longer, no more. And we celebrate 4th of July because we gained our independence. We broke that rule off of our lives. We broke the oppression off of our lives, and now we're free. Amen. Mary means their rebellion. Well, who is who is Mary? Who is Mary and the other rebelling against? We see here in Luke, the fourth chapter, Luke fourth chapter, verses five through eight, it says this, and the devil taking up, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, unto him, the devil talking to Jesus, all this power will I give unto thee, will I give thee and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. So we see we're rebelling against the kingdom of the devil. We're rebelling against darkness, their rebellion. We are refusing to have the devil's reign, rule, or dominion over our lives. So God said, I'm going to birth a Mary, and that Mary is going to come, and she's going to birth my rebellion. Somebody's hearing that. He says he wants you to rebel against the standards of the world system. Now we know who's rebelling and, in first John, and we'll stop here. First John, the third chapter, verse seven through nine, it says this first John, the 7, 1 John, the third chapter, verses uh, seven through nine it says this little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Even as he is righteous, he that committed sin is of the devil for the devil sinned from the beginning for this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doeth not um, commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. And we know through uh, Revelation 12th chapter that it is the body, that is the body of believers that will cast the devil down, that will overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and not living their lives unto death. It is us, it is God wants to use us to produce. Uh, A rebellion against the things of this world and bring in heavenly places and establish the kingdom of God in the earth. But it's going to take faith to do that. It's going to take faith to do that. And I think we'll stop right here today. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. We're done for the day. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we worship you. And we honor you, Father, today in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we pray right now that every word that you have spoken to us would be rooted and planted in our hearts in the name of Jesus as you use us to be heavenly places, as you use us to rebel against the things of this world, against the satanic kingdom, against sickness, against diseases, against oppression, against poverty, against sickness, against whatever it is, wherever the devil is reigning, you're causing us to stand forth and to rebel against him and to establish the kingdom of our God and father today we ask that your will be firmly established in us we ask that your great Holy Spirit will give us words of wisdom words of understanding cause your word to be engrafted and they on the inside of us cause your word to be engrafted into our DNA that we may become what you are saying that we may produce what you are saying that we may be who you are saying and who you have said that we may be true sons and daughters of God bringing forth the kingdom of God in the earth today Father we pray that you would have your will in us today Father we pray that we will become all that you desired for us to be Father we pray for the revelation of Jesus to be established in our lives Father we pray in the name of Jesus that you would have your full that you would have your full expression in us and through us that we would love what you love and that we would hate what you hate that we will receive what you would receive and that we reject what you would reject. Father we call upon you in the mighty name of Jesus that you would establish your kingdom in us, that you would establish your will in us, that you would establish a heavenly place on the inside of us. Father we call for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father we seek after you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord calls signs and wonders to follow us because we believe. We believe, Father, we believe. Calls us to lay hands on the sick and calls the sick to recover. Calls us to raise the dead. Calls us, Father. Calls us to go forth and be those that you've called us to be. Let not one moment pass. Let not one moment pass. Let not one opportunity pass us. Lord, help us to do which you've called us to do, and we lean on you by your grace. It is impossible to do your will without you. So, Father, this day in Jesus' name, we use our faith and we ask for your grace. Empower us with the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Father, we ask you for wisdom, 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 and, Lord, helping us to interpret what has been said, helping us to find the value in what has been said, and helping us to experience what has been said great Holy Spirit use us in this world today use us Lord God use us for your glory use us oh God in the mighty name of Jesus may we be one with you may we be one with you may we be one with you hear our hearts cry oh God hear our hearts cry may we be one with you use us today Father for your glory And we thank you, Father, you said in your word whatsoever we desire when we pray. Believe that we receive it and we shall have it. Lord, you said in your word whatsoever we ask in accordance to your will, you said that you would hear it. And Lord, we know that if you hear us, we have the desire which we have asked. Lord, you said if we abide in you and your words, abide in us, we shall ask what we will, and it shall be done unto you. Lord, you said in your word, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, that shall I do. Lord, we ask for a fresh fire of the Holy Ghost. We ask for revival. We ask for revival. Let your fire fall. Let your fire fall. Awaken the sleepers within us. Awaken us, oh God. Awaken us, oh God. Awaken your sleeping church. Awaken your sleeping church. Let signs and wonders follow your word oh God in the mighty name of Jesus may we never ever ever be the same and so father we release this word to you we release this word into the atmosphere we release it into the earth father may it find may it find a resting place in the fields of of the hearts of those in the fields of in the fields of those who who are in relationship with you may it find place may the seed find its place in that cultivated field and may the harvest be plenteous and may it be sown or may it be placed into the building your building Father and may we give it out to the world that the world may know that you are alive and well and that you Father have sent Jesus Lord, we thank you for this time today and we glorify your name today and we're grateful for the word that you have sent in Jesus' mighty name. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.